Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. This week we are we have been doing a study on Holy Spirit and we're on chapter five. Um, and last week, Pastor Chad, which is my husband, he spoke um, about two different, uh, four different forms of tongues. Two is for public; it's for um, a sign to the unbelievers. Um, it's to be interpreted in the church so that we can be edified and built up. And then the other two is for private tongues, not necessarily meaning that it's only me in my bedroom, but when we're alongside people of like mind, um, other believers, and we are praying, but also in our prayer rooms. Um, God is going to move. And so today, we're actually kind of continuing on that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 says, If you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you. And then later on in the same verse, it says, For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. And so we're going to talk today about the fact that God wants to reveal stuff to you. He wants to show you stuff. Um, and when you get into the presence of God, um, it's, it's inevitable that he is going to bring change to you. Um, so let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you've got a word for us. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to our hearts, Father God. We thank you that you are going to speak to our minds with understanding and revelation, but God, um, that we would get it down to such a deep place that it causes change in us. And so have your way in this service in your name. Amen. Um, when Miles was a small toddler, and he is not here today, it is so much better when somebody's in the room and you're sharing story, so you can see their face kind of go bright red. It's awesome. He was um, the hungriest little baby boy that I have ever seen. Anybody have boys? Or, or just a baby that is like ferociously hungry? Is it just me, or is like all boys just hungry? So this is a picture of him, and yes, he is a big fistful of french fries. Um, actually, I get to stand um, or sit over there um, all year long, and my husband can say anything he wants about me. Um, and so I thought I would just take this moment just to, um, <laughs> you know, the Bible says that vengeance is mine, says Lord, but then sometimes gives us a microphone in our hand and we can just help. Um, so we turn to the next page, there's a picture of Miles, yes, and you know what, we did not only feed him sugar, actually I was fairly like one of those crazy moms was like no sugar, so I can't even find, I can't believe I found pictures of him with ice cream in his hands because I was a little psycho back then about like anti-sugar, And but uh, clearly there was a lot of sugar that he had that I really didn't realize. And so there's Chad, and I just want to show you that he had hair. <laughs> he did not lose his hair, he chose to get rid of it. He has a full head of hair under that razor, but you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. So it's either way. See, baby, you look good every way, doesn't he? It's so good. But anyways, back to the story. I just had to do that, it was good. Um, so Miles was just 
crazy hungry. So we have like these eight-hour drives up north, and um, um, it'd be like one or two in the morning, and we'd be like, <laughs> like shushing each other, like shh, because we'd be trying to open a bag of chips because we knew our son has like these food ears, right? And so like, how dare we in the in middle of the night like crinkle a chip bag, and he'd be like, ah, ah, you know, he'd be wanting it. And wherever you went, if you were in the grocery store and he saw something, he'd be like, it was like, oh. So I, it would be absurd of us as parents to think that all of the vocabulary that we have, all of the knowledge that we have over many years, I will never tell you my age, many years, he, you know, to expect him to be able to communicate with us in that way. That, so we formed a, a um, a language that would work for him. And so we taught him some sign language. And so we taught him, thank you. That's the first thing every child should know, right? Thank you. We taught him more, and we taught him, please. I don't know if that's right, but that's what we use. So if you know sign language, I'm really sorry if that's not right. So you'd really not have a clue what you're talking about. But it was, a it was an, an uh, intimate conversation between our child and us that we knew what he was saying and we gave him a form of communication so that he could communicate back to us. And so um, if you were in the grocery store um, and he wanted something, all you would see is, right? And everybody would be like, what is wrong with this child? And we'd be like, oh, we know because I know my kid, right? Or how dare we not? put enough food on our spoon and get it into his mouth fast enough, right? And so if I dared to like scrape the bowl, right, just to make sure I get it, it was, right? And he's asking for this food fiercely. And so that's why we created this conversation. But the, and the more that you spend time with somebody, the more that you know them. I'm always, see, this is a female's time to get the microphone. So for all of you ladies who have to hear, Year after year of sermon illustrations of sports, I'm gonna to speak to the ladies for a moment, right? So like all, all of us moms know that if we hear a baby crying and all the men are like, why is the baby crying, right? And the mom's like, oh, sh they're, they're just hungry. And you're like, okay. And then they cry again, it sounds the same to me, right? And the mom's like, oh, they have a dirty bum. And then they cry again and it sounds the same and they're like, oh, they're just, you know, they're hungry. And all this sounds the same to you, but the intimacy between a mom or a parent or somebody who spent a lot of time with that child, they just know, right? And in the same way, the Holy Spirit gives us, Father God loved us so much. When you think about how much Father God knows, he is sovereign, he is omnipresent, he's everywhere, he created us, he knows things that we don't know. And he wanted to form a communication that would be able to communicate with us on, on his level so that we would understand him. And that's why he created tongues, so that we could, we could communicate him with him on a, a deeper level. So today, we're going to talk about four different things um, that come with um, having a personal relationship with Father God, having that intimate. Um, we're going to be sharing with tongues, but also with understanding. Um, 
And I want you to understand that we have spent, you know, last weekend, this week, talking, sharing a little bit about tongues. But in no way are we undervaluing speaking with words. It's just that we always pray with words, right? And oftentimes we actually don't explain the power that comes with speaking in tongues. And so if you don't yet speak in tongues, the Spirit is still speaking to you and He's still working through you. We're just trying to express to you that there's power in both. And why not try using both more, okay? Um, but one of the first things that um, is one of the reasons why God wants to give us a tongue is um, he wants to give us a language for war. This is one of my favorite scripture verses. If any of you guys hear me praying and you know me really well, most people are like, just calm down. You know, like, stop praying so fiercely. But there's something in me that is like, I just want to break through. I just want to see God do something. And there's like this and maybe that's just something that I'm called to, but I really do believe that we are all called to a, a warfare. Um, Ephesians 6 verse 12 in the English Standard Version says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I absolutely love what the message version says, so I expanded it a little bit. Um, we, I went past verse 12. It says, and about, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. First of all, isn't that good? He is strong, but he wants you to be strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons in the best materials and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential to this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Isn't that good? I love that, that version. I love that it says that God is strong and he wants you to be strong. That this life, that the fight that we're in, it's not like, oh, well, you know, this will pass. It's to life or death. And the more that we believe what the enemy wants to tell us, the more that we are failing in it. Um, I spoke last week a little bit on, just when I shared a little word in worship time, if you were here, um, about the fact that the enemy does have access to us if we give it to him. That he has complete authority, but if we believe the twerping, so in the first um, service, we had a word just that somebody was just about to give up, and somebody was in deep, deep depression. I had an awful year last year. Um, I took about six months off of work, and I've just kind of worked my way up. 
And um, as I came back, I just feel like there's a lot of whys and a lot of hows and, and a lot of, you know what, I just want to go deeper, Lord. And I just, like, even when I go to pray, it's like, how do I pray, Lord, in a way that it's effective? And I just don't want to come back to work for a program. I don't want to come back to work for a program. I want to see devils flee. I want to see demons flee. I want that authority to actually be able to see what's going on without somebody opening their mouth and just say, I, and just even to like be, you know, Jesus says we're going to do more than him to walk out, even if the disciples can do it and demons flee. You know, we, we have had it in this service where devil, you know, demons have manifested because the presence of God is so strong because he shouldn't be able to be in this room, Right? but he shouldn't be able to be near you. He shouldn't be able to be in your home. There should be such presence in you that everything in you goes, Wah! that's not God, I don't want that. That's the presence of God that we need to have. That's the presence of God that I wanna have. And so the problem is, is just that we don't, you know, we believe all of the lies. You know, what comes with anxiety and what comes with depression, um, as I struggled with my own stuff last year, all I heard all I heard from so many people in this room is that they're dealing with depression and anxiety. And so if you feel like you are alone in your struggle, look around you. You are not. But you know what depression and anxiety is? Depression is regret over the past. It's fear and anxiety is fear over the future. So you know what really is just happening is the enemy is just talking a lot. And he's using... Um, the words that other people speak against you. That's why I wake up every morning and I say, I just rebuke every lie that everybody's speaking against me in Jesus' name. And then I ask you now just to like close my mouth so I don't say more lies that the enemy can use. Because the enemy is not all-knowing. The enemy only uses what he hears. He has no power. So this actually leads me into my next point, which so I'll talk about that a little bit more. Did you know that if God says in his word, if the Bible says that this is an all-out war, that God would never put you into a fight for your life without winning the battle first for you and handing you all of the authority over the enemy. So why don't we lose? There's three little things why we, why we are losing our battles. First of all, we talk about the enemy too much and we give him too much power. So that all of a sudden... We, we, it's like, oh, that's the enemy again. Oh, oh, I'm just a sitting duck. And all of a sudden, God gets smaller and smaller. Second, I'm going to completely um, say the opposite. We don't give the enemy enough credit. And then third, we don't use the weapons that God gives us daily, and we're not praying for each other. And so how can I uh, say two opposite things? It's because when we focus so much on what the enemy is doing, we're making God really, really small, right? But when we don't acknowledge that the enemy is working, we're, um, we're not watching our words, we are not praying, we are not going after a goal, and we are not keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, and then the enemy is able just to come and sideline us, right? And so what we need to do is acknowledge the enemy is out for your soul. It says he's ready to kill, steal, and destroy. 
you. Like that is his mission, to take you out. Do you know why? Because we are the body of Christ. And when it says that we are to be in warfare, we are the body of Christ. Jesus isn't here anymore. And so we need to take the kingdom of God and save souls. And we're the ones on earth who are doing this. God is, yes, doing this through us. But we are in a battle. And we need to fight it. But how do we do that by not making the enemy so big? We get intimate. And we get deep with God. And the more that we worship, and yes, I am the worship pastor here, and so I kind of like music, and I kind of like worship, but worship actually doesn't have anything to do with music. It has to do with me sitting in my, my living room going, I'm not moving, God, until you come with me today, and I'm going to declare that you are big, that you are sovereign, that you're creator of the universe, and the more that I say that, how big are my problems? They're this big. Chris Valentine, who is... Um, a preacher from Bethel in Redding, California, he said this, and it just gets you every time, and I know I've said this, so, if I, so forgive me for repeating myself over and over again, but it's such a good line. He says, I can tell the size of a man or woman by the size of his problem. Isn't that a little painful? So what breaks you? What makes you wake up one day and say, there's no God? Or what makes you wake up and go, it is going to be a bad day. My heel on my shoe just broke. You know, I'm having a bad hair day. It is going to be a bad day. Somebody, somebody is gossiping about me. My life is ruined. Right? Um, you know what? Somebody doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Where is God? You know, these little things are, are like taking us right out. Do you know what that means? God's not big enough in your life. God doesn't have a big enough place in your life. What knocks you out? Is there something in your life right now that is making you go, I just don't even know if there's a God. Is there something in your life right now, even like today, today's just gonna be a bad day, or this is a bad season of life. There should be nothing in our lives, truly, I know that this is like, like a stretch, because we all are human and, and you know, we live like this, but if we, were, if we truly had an understanding of who God is and how incredible he is, things would not shake us. Because things would come our way and we would say, that's not my God. You know what, that's the enemy, but he's not getting me down because he hits the last say. He gets the last say, I'm not letting that make me move. I am unshakable because God is unshakable, right? So we need to fight this spiritual battle that we are in. And if you honestly feel like that is you, you're like, I am in this fight, I just encourage you. Like, if I could say my sermon in a nutshell, it's worship and worship and pray and get in the presence of God and find out what the word of God says and don't move until you figure out what it means for you. Lord, What uh, interpret this for me. What does this mean for me? Build yourself up, remind yourself who God is. And we really should not be struggling with depression, anxiety. I say that tongue in cheek in a way because I went through that last year, an entire year of my life of not being able to walk in, into a room without extreme social anxiety. So I have been there. But coming out to the other side, I'm like, God is good, he will bring you out of this. You just need to worship. You need to focus on God. He's good. He's very good. Um, and so one of the ways that he helps us to war is he gave us a language. And if you don't have it yet, I'm just encouraging you to seek it. Because um, it's, it's like a secret language where the enemy is active. And he doesn't know everything. 
He only, hears, he only knows what he hears, what we hear, he hears us say. And so God actually created a language that is hidden from him so that he could communicate with us so the enemy can't grab that and steal it. Um, in World War I, the American Indian soldiers served as code talkers, a role for which they would become much more famous in the next World War. Using at least six native languages, they translated allied officer commands in their negative, native language so that the German enemies who were eavesdropping wouldn't know what they were saying, including at crucial turning points in the conflict. Um, so God wants to download into you what he's saying to you. Um, Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. Behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I encourage you to rise up in your prayers and you have the authority so you, you don't say, Lord, would you do this? You say, I speak to that, and I say, stop in Jesus' name, right? The, the Bible says to speak to mountains and tell them to be thrown into a sea. So if you know that your child is believing lies, you say, lies, be silent in Jesus' name, right? If you see something going on, you speak to it. You see something in your body, I command you to get out of my body. You see, when you are praying for healing, you, say, you don't say, Lord, just, would you just heal them? He's like, I gave you the authority, I gave you the keys. I speak to that cancer to leave in Jesus' name. We need to know that we have the authority or else we're just those sitting ducks that God's just, oh, Satan's so much bigger, right? We believe that lie. So the second thing that we are, that we get um, or that we need to do is pray in, pray with the understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Praying with the understanding um, connects me to whomever I'm praying for or whatever I'm praying for. And so God gave us a brain. And he says, you are intelligent beings because you're made after me. God says, you were made after him. And so praying in the spirit is saying, God, would you just show me um, how I can pray more effectively? Show me the scripture verses. Google them. Look at the back of your Bible. Look up a topic. Whatever you're searching for, you're praying for somebody for healing, you stand on them. Because when we're praying with our understanding and with the word of God, when you have the word of God, which says it's, double, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, which means there's power in it, you use that, you remind God what he's spoken of, you stand on it, but boy, don't you have more authority when you've got the word of God backing you up? You're not like, I just, um, you know, your will be done, whatever that is, Lord. But I believe that he wants to share his heart and his mysteries with us, and that is through the word of God. So God, you say, that there is healing. So by your stripes, I'm healed. And you read it and you find those scripture verses and you stand on them with your understanding. And so you speak to those things. Um, when it says um, you can sing with understanding and sing with the spirit. Um, again, I don't need to be redundant, but when we worship and when we say how incredible God is, that builds us up, doesn't it? Um, so number three, I want to fly through this because some of the, what we're about to get in is the best part. Um, three, when we pray and we have that private um, relationship with God that is deep and that is full of life, 
It becomes our absolute life source. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, Counsel, advice, wisdom, direction, and purpose in the heart of a man is like deep water. But a man or woman of understanding will draw it out. So John, um, in the book that we're reading and it's sharing, he's sharing on it, he says the things of the Holy Spirit wants to show you the things that he wants to show you is illuminated and initially revealed in our spirits and not in our minds. And so we need to constantly be praying, Lord, what are you doing? You know, I feel, anybody ever, you know, been praying or even just walking along and feel agitated or feel like um, just total peace? You're like, oh, what is that? Like God gives us a he, he speaks to, to us in our spirits, and we need to say, Lord, would you show me what is it that you're wanting to say? John 7, verse 38 to 39 says, anyone believes in me may come and drink, for the Spirit declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. And then it says in Isaiah 12, verse 3, with joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. I was thinking this morning of the scripture that says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he talks about this, that the spirit is actually what they say in the Bible, like these rivers of living water that brings refreshing and brings life, right? Um, Water conveys life and vitality, and with it we can't live, right? I've actually had a very interesting conversation with somebody in this room, um, which kind of defies my example that I'm about to use. But he says, he says that you can go 10 days without water. But I looked it up, and um, and Science says that you can go three. He went 10. So I'm going to go with 10 days, okay? But if science says you can go three days without water without dying, I wonder why we think if the Spirit is, is living water to us, if the Spirit is actually our life source, its vitality, its life, why do we think that going from Sunday to Sunday with nothing else in between, why we think that we would be thriving. We are literally, we are, we are surviving. We're striving. We're surviving. We're not thriving. Um, and may I just challenge you even a little bit more that I do believe that you can go to all the programs in the world. I believe that you could actually Say, okay, I got this much to do, Lord. I'm going to do my devotions. Check. Done. I was doing my devotions all last year, or all the year before, and I was still dry. Because you can read the Bible, and you can, and you can pray, but if you're doing it as a checklist, and you're not sitting there long enough to say, Father God, Holy Spirit, what is this that would take it from here to here or here to hear, what is it that you want to say to me to cause change? Um, anybody uh, an avid New Year's resolution person? I am. I'm not anymore. I'm like, I'm a daily life 
resolution. But one of my constant ones was, Lord, change my character. Why can't you just do it for me? Make me nice. Make, you know, like, just get rid of that anger. Get rid of that unforgiveness, that bitterness. Why, why aren't you doing it, right? Because I, we can check off that we're doing all the right things. But when you get in the presence of God... So let me give you an example. I think this is from another portion of my words. I'm going to be messed up if I say this now, but that's okay. Um, So I was reading, I was preparing for my sermon this week, and nothing is just coming. It's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be like as dead as a doornail. This is awful. Ah! So Friday comes, and I'm like, oh God, you got to help me. And um, I'm at home. It's my day off, and I'm like, okay. So I started praying. And I started praying, and I started praying, and I put on worship music, and I started worshiping, and I started praying, and worshiping, and worshiping, and worshiping, and worshiping, and worshiping, and worshiping, and like not thinking, okay, I only have this amount of time to write a sermon. I'm not moving until you come, Lord, because I'm not willing to get up a platform and like make them feel like they should have been at home in bed, because I'm not wasting your time. I'm wasting, I want you to speak to them. And all of a sudden, the presence of God just came in. And I was speaking in tongues, and it was like I started speaking in a totally different language. And then all I heard was God just say, like, hurry, like, go and start writing. And I just, I just started writing, and half of the stuff that I'm saying is even on here. But I wasn't willing to move until God spoke to me. Because there is a difference between, okay, I'm just going to check it off. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But when God is, when the spirit is your life source, there's, there's, it's life or death. There's nothing in between. And why do we, why do we um, settle? Why do we settle for second best? Because God's faithful. He's always there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The Greek word for edifies is oikodomeo. Oikodomeo, I don't know. It's, I'm sorry, these words, oikodomeo. Um, this word literally means to construct or build. So when we pray in the spirit, we build up our capacity to house the presence and the power of God. Um, Matthew 7:24 uses the exact same word. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built oikodemeo his house on the rock. And then God also says the same word, Jude 20, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the spirit. You know what this means? If you're struggling, if you are struggling with anything in your life, or you know what, you're doing good, but you want to keep doing good, pray and pray and spend time with God and you're actually building yourself up. The fourth thing that we um, find um, in our private times with God is that he wants to reveal mysteries of God to you. He wants to reveal mysteries to you. Um, This goes into the element of decision-making, receiving direction for the future, Um, God puts a thing in us to identify when he wants something or when he is agreeing with something. It's, um, it's peace. Has anybody, you know, been trying to make a decision and you're just like, you know what? I don't know. I just feel peace about this. You feel that? Or you're like, oh, just, it doesn't feel good to me. Kind of like what I was saying even about my sermon. Um, um, let's see. 
Um, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it tells us that peace is the evidence of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, goodness. But if we want to be led by the Spirit, Romans 8.14 says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Um, we were making, I'm just in closing now, we were, um, I wanted, I've been praying for about 10, 11 years my whole life that our kids would go to Christian school. And um, um, I anointed his pillow with oil for about 10 years. (laughs) And so, Lord, help him to want this too, because we had different views on Christian school. Um, There is no right or wrong answer because we need to be a light in the world and I fully 100% believe that. I just believe that there's different children with different spirits and different personalities who are gonna deal with things in different ways. Um, And Christian school was just something that I wanted for our kids and I felt like at this crucial period in their lives, um, we really needed. And so I had been praying and then I thought, I just felt God say, um, don't say anything more to him. You know, just pray. And I'm like, I'm leaving this up to you, God. And one day he walks in the door and he's like, I made an appointment with the Christian uh, or the Christian school principal. And something in me was like, oh, oh my goodness, what if I did this? Because I know that God gives us the desires of our hearts. And I'm like, God, I don't want to move until you tell me like that this is right. So maybe I like wound him down like that nagging wife. I'm like, okay, I didn't say anything for like a year. I think this is you, but oh no. So in the Bible, it talks about putting a fleece out and sometimes we just need to be obedience, first time obedience, but this is big. Like I'm picturing ourselves like homeless, like all our money going to Christian school, living on the side of the road. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do, Lord? And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put a fleece out. I just want you to give us $1,000 so that I know that you're, you know, like how random is that? Give us $1,000, Lord. And so we go to this, he had made the appointment. He doesn't know that I had prayed and dumped oil all over his pillow for years. Um, He doesn't know that I'm like, I ain't going until you give me $1,000, Lord. I need you to know you're in this. And so we step into the principal's office. Sounds like we were in trouble, but we weren't. and the principal stops us. The first thing he says is, somebody um, wanted to sponsor you for $1,000. And my mouth drops. And I look at him, he's like, oh, like that's awesome, but you look like you saw a ghost. And then the principal keeps going. He's like, but not just for this year, it's for the next eight years. And I'm like, oh. so to me, that was God saying, I've got this, and I'm not gonna drop you. I am going to sustain you and hold you through this. The next week, the principal calls again, just so you know, somebody donated some more money. And I'm like, what? Three weeks later, just so you know, somebody has donated a lot more money and we are in tears because we know that God is in this. And I was not willing to move until God said go. So another short story, I know I'm getting on in time, I'm closing, I really am. I just wanted to share my side of the story because my husband preaches all the time and has told our story of us, our engagement, and it's not fair because 
I need to tell my side of the story. And actually, in our first service, I really didn't do myself any justice. I looked really bad. <laughs> so Chad and I were dating. I was pastoring in um, Keswick, Eastern Ontario. He is um, in Bible college at that point. And um, um, we got engaged. And then the church that I was at, I had went to three interviews in Brampton because they had wanted me to come. It was a really large church, and I was like, I'm not going to a large church, Lord. And they had asked me three times, and I kept saying no. And then all of a sudden, Chad wasn't going through a good time. He was going through some depression. He has told that. So anything you deal with, we have been through it. Um, and um, I start having dreams that... I'm driving down the road and the car goes off a cliff and I wake up like in a morgue, dead and bloated. And, um, <laughs> awesome, I'm about to get married. Um, this is not far from our wedding day. And um, things are going downhill at the church that I'm pastoring at. Like he's having, the pastor's having fresh revelations of new scripture interpretations and I'm like, ah! I need to get out. And so I am having like dreams every night until it is like seven times a night. And I, um, and so I am, there's so much like uh, dis, no peace inside. And so I go to a, a spiritual mentor and I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, whatever road you are going down is leading to death. So <laughs> that night I gave Chad back his ring and I called the church and Brampton, and I said, do you still want me to come? And they said, yes. And so I moved to Brampton and moved on with my life, just picked up and moved on, and um, that was that. And so Chad went to back to work at the camp that he was working at at Lakeshore Pentecostal Church, and, and um, he would call me sometimes. And he's like, one night, he says, you need confirmation that we're supposed to get married? Some pastor's going to get up on the platform and tell you that you're missing on the blessing that's right in front of you. And I'm like, you're so arrogant. And I hung up on him. I'm like, you're some blessing, you know. <laughs> and so that was that. And then I went back to lead worship at the camp that he was pastoring at, or that he was working at, and I saw him. And I just start like squirting blood, or not blood, that would be, that's like Jesus, like, <laughs> he's never going to let me preach again. <laughs> I like start squirting, like I'm crying, and I'm trying to like, I am like dancing fast songs, just weeping. And so by the end of the week, we get back together. And I go back to Brampton, and I'm like, what did I just? do was that pure emotionalism oh my gosh Jesus help me so I go to church and Matt Tapley many of you know him he spoke here a little while ago um, he was visiting and he was preaching that night and he just stops at the end he's like I just need to stop and tell you there's somebody here who's missing out on the double blessing that's right in front of you and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> So, folks, not only is he a blessing, he's a double blessing. <laughs> and I will tell you that we will fight, because we are not perfect. Um, no, we don't fight anymore. We have conversations. We used to fight. And 
we would go through, we would, we would go through hard times and not once have I ever wondered if he was the man of God that I was supposed to marry because I would not move until God confirmed and told me yes. That's just the kind of person I must be really stubborn. Like some people are like, yes, and they go for it. And I'm like, nope, ain't moving until you say yes. But when God is your life source and you are like, I'm not moving because I believe that you will speak to me and I'm not moving. I'm, I am not, I wake up in the morning, I am not moving until you tell me what to do, who to talk to, how to say it, until you make me nice inside. I'm not moving until I have the life flow through my body. Whether you speak in tongues or not, I don't care. You all will hear God's voice. You will all have the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Don't move until you spend time with God. Um, in actual closing, I'm one of these pastors who's saying closing 15 times. Um, um, I feel a little bit old in saying this, and I know that I'm young. I feel old in saying this because um, I grew up, a lot of us grew up in different backgrounds. I grew up, you know, old school Pentecostal. And we just spent hours at the altar all the time. And I, we, we live in a society that doesn't wait for anything. We don't, our kids do not know what a commercial is because we have Netflix. We don't even have to rent because we've got Disney Plus. We don't have to wait for really tender meat because we have an instant pot. We don't have to um, uh, wait for internet and when we do, something is wrong with it and it needs to be changed fast, right? No like dial up anymore, it's fast internet. What we have done is caused our own destruction because nobody knows how we wait anymore. When somebody comes up to me and says, you know what, I came up to the altar, and I'm sorry, we have, we have um, two services now, and so it's just a little bit harder to have those extensive, so that's why we have created encounter services, we've created prayer services, Monday and Thursday mornings we have prayer, but you have a living room and a bedroom at home, but when somebody comes up to me and says, you know what, I came up to the altar and I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm like, you think you're gonna get it in five minutes there? It can happen. It absolutely can happen, but we're not waiting anymore. The, the, the people in the Old Testament, in Acts, Jesus told them, wait, don't move. Don't move. Wait until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 500 people, 10 days, 24 hours a day, 10 days, 120 people are left, and they receive fire. What are we missing? And I am not talking weirdness. I am talking coming up to the altar or spending time in your prayer closet and saying, I'm not moving until you tell me what to do. I'm not moving until I feel your peace because I feel depressed today. I ain't moving until, until I worship you enough that that heaviness shakes off of me because we don't have tenacity anymore and resilience to keep going. How big of problems blow you over. If that is the case, you're not praying enough. And so if I could just in a nutshell give you one line of, I probably talked for too long today when I could have just said to you over and over again, we need to worship 
and pray until you know what God wants you to do, until you give him a chance to come over you. I think it takes me half an hour just to stop being ADD distracted. Like, like my mind is all over the place, and I'm writing notes until all those notes are down, and then I'm like, oh, okay, God, move. But then how do I know that actually what I wrote down wasn't actually spirit-led and God t- telling me to do those things so I don't forget them? So I just want to close, and the worship team can come, or Pastor Carlo can come. And I just, um, I want to pray for a couple things. Um, I want to open the altar if the prayer team wants to come. Um, There are so many people every single week who want to come to the altar, and they desperately need God to do something in their life, and they don't want to be the only one up here. I actually just spoke to somebody this week who said, I want to come to the altar, Melissa, but I don't want to be the only one there, and it's so awkward. So if you've ever felt like that, first of all, hunger God and keep your focus so much on God that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. But I speak to the Christians who are doing really well right now. I implore you and and beg you, you know what? Just come to the altar to want more. What would happen in our church if we were so spirit-filled that we could barely get in this place and demons were fleeing? If you came forward and you just wanted more of God, everybody who desperately, life or death, needed God wouldn't feel so intimidated coming to the altar. So that's two right there. Come to the altar just to want more. And you know what? If God doesn't move in three minutes, stay there. Number two, if you want direction in a certain part of your life, I want you to come forward. And three, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward and we want to pray for you. But you know what? Baptism of the Holy Spirit can happen in your bedroom. It happens when you are just with God and you are praying and praying and praying and praying and praying until that wind comes in. And then you say, God, I see a syllable. I hear a syllable with faith and guts. I'm going to say it. And then God's going to speak through you. And it may be like my son who's like, "Mm," you know, like he's got a couple words. And then a whole language isn't necessarily going to come. But just speaking what you hear. And there's just a little practical little things. But just let hunger, hunger just rise up in you. Just to want more. Just to say, God, I'm just going to worship until I can't worship anymore. So why don't you just stay at your feet? And I just need to ask too, with every eye closed, if there's anybody who's been trying real hard on their own. And you've never asked God into your heart. If you want to accept salvation, Jesus' love for you that Jesus died on the cross just for you. And his grace is over you. doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It's erased the minute you invite him in. If that's you, just put up your hand. We're just going to pray for you right now. Because Jesus wants you not to have to do it on your own. If you're struggling with that depression or anxiety and you just need God, God can take that away as you realize how big God is. How many people in this room just want a touch from God and just want God to speak to them? They need some direction. Let's just all over this room just lift up our hands. Father God, we seek you. We worship you. We want more. God, we want that life source, that river of living water flowing through us, flowing through our spirit so that we know that we know that we know that we have heard from you and met with you and we've got strength to keep going. For everybody who's tired, God, I pray that you would flow through them rivers of living water, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. So Jesus, would you just come in this place right now? And we've got nowhere to go because there's no service after. 
So God, would you just come? We're just going to worship you. And if you have to go, I'm going to close right now, but I just encourage you to stick here if you want to. So Father, we just thank you for everybody here. We just pray blessings over them, that you would go with them. And we thank you, Jesus, said you're working in our midst. And you're going to be working in their homes and in their workplaces. We give it all to you. In your name, amen. Come on, let's just worship. Come up to the altar if you need the Lord just to speak to you. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 